you for listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now present an encore presentation of Carmelite Conversations. Well, hello. Thank you for joining us for Carmelite Conversations here on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Tonight we have a topic that um, was requested by one of our listeners. It is Essential Books for a Discount Carmelite Seculars Library. All right. So uh, for all of you who are interested in knowing what a Discount Carmelite Secular wants to be reading, this is what we're going to share tonight. And unfortunately, Mark Danis is not able to be with me tonight. However, I do have a very special guest with me who has been on the program before. I'd like to welcome back Mark Olson. Thank you very much, Francis. Well, hello, Mark. How are you doing tonight? I think we, we're trying to get his microphone back on. All right. Are we good? There. How's that? Oh, that's a, that sounds much better. All right. Well, so tonight's topic, the the essential books for a Discalced Carmelite Seculars library. Did you have fun putting that together? Well, it was quite a challenge, Francis, uh, trying to figure out exactly uh, what fits that, you know, essential uh, category because some I might like, but you know, trying to trying to uh, pare it down just to the to the ones that I think are most. Uh, important to have one in one's library is quite a challenge. I thought so too. I had so many piles on the floor in front of me, and of course, I brought several piles with me tonight. Yes, so we you ha- did. <laughs> we have a lot of books to go through. So our um, our goal tonight is to cover a lot of titles so that our listeners can be exposed to many of these, and we're going to um, cover some different areas. Some of this our Carmelite saints' writings, uh, books to pray with. Books about prayer, uh, books on retreat, solitude, silence, um, the Brown scapular, Carmelite spirituality, and Carmelite history. And there are so many more categories we could go on, but you know that's a lot already. And and we may or may not get through our list. So um, if we don't get through our list, we'll have a part two <laughs> down the road. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we like to join. Um, we also like to begin our hour with prayer, and we particularly pick this one because today, and some people may have done this yesterday, but you can also begin today, the Novena to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. The Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel is on July 16th, so you can start today. And so we're going to uh, have our opening prayer from day one of the Novena to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Mark, would you do the honors, please? Oh, thank you very much. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. O beautiful flower of Carmel, most fruitful vine, splendor of heaven, holy and singular, who brought forth the Son of God, still ever remaining a pure virgin, assist us in our necessity. O star of the sea, help and protect us. Show us that you are our mother. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray Pray for for us. us. Father, Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that. And we hope all of our listeners will continue this novena um, through each day. I think you can find it on awtn.com. 
You can also email us at carmelite.conversations at yahoomail.com, or you can find Carmelite Conversations on Facebook. We're, we're getting a lot of uh, friends on Facebook now, so uh, we appreciate that. Thank you so much for your support and your suggestions. So um, we are going to start first with the most important saint, <laughs> the one who founded, who got us started, and that would be St. Teresa of mm-hmm. Avila. Okay, so Mark, tell us. Uh, tell us about St. <clears throat> Teresa of Avila and why she's important and what books does she have that we really like. Well, Francis, as you said, she's the founder of our of the Re- Carmelite Reform and so the founder of our order. So uh, obviously her writings would be would be very important to us. And she's also a doctor, doctor of the church, I believe the first woman uh, doctor of the church. So obviously the church also puts a lot of stock in her writings. Absolutely. And what books does she have that we are so fond of? <laughs> uh, her main works are The Book of Her Life, The Way of Perfection, and The Interior Castle. And of course we know she's written many other things, but, but these three are pivotal. Now, The Book of Her Life um, was one of the ones that really attracted me when I first came to Carmel. So it is basically her telling her life story, which is very interesting. And so you really get to know our Holy Mother, Teresa, um, through this book. And I I think this was also the book that um, converted Edith Stein. Um, it, she was in a library, and this book kind of was sitting out, they say, and she grabbed it, and she read the whole thing, and at the end of reading it, she said, this is the truth. And so, you know, that says a lot. And so um, most of these books that we're going to mention uh, right off here at the at the beginning um, can be fi- found at the icspublications.org. The ICS stands for Institute of Carmelite Studies. And our Carmelite friars are the major component of the authors, but not the only ones. Um, But we really like uh, that they have taken these and made really good translations, and in many cases, good study guides. Right. The the ICS has all of her collected works in three volumes, but as you said, they also have study guides of it I think all three of these, they have study very good study guides. Well, I'm pretty sure The Way of Perfection does and The Interior Castle, because that came out recently. But The Way of Perfection, the reason why I like that so much is the first half really talks about some of the basics of the Carmelite life. You know, that spirit of detachment, uh, the charity, the humility. And, and then the second half is my most favorite part, is her commentary on the Our Father Prayer. Mm. Uh, I, I would suggest everybody go tell your priest about this, because if they ever want to do a homily on the Our Father Prayer, this is a great source to go to. It is so um, inspiring and uh, very fruitful. I mean, it will help you start praying the Our Father very slowly and very contemplatively. Mm-hmm. So, um, And then we've got the Interior Castle. Oh, tell us about the Interior Castle. Well, that's where uh, Teresa likens the spiritual journey as going through a castle with many uh, with many different rooms but you know basically she goes through six castle or seven six, seven, seven castles uh, castles or mansions they, or dwelling yeah, places <laughs> whatever the, the the translation and so each one you're getting further and deeper and deeper into uh, towards union with God 
And uh, I like that myself because of the imagery of going through each of those mansions or castles. Right, and it's really uh, a way for us to kind of get a perspective of this uh, spiritual journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and it also gives us an opportunity to see what the graces are and what the obstacles are, what to watch out exactly. for. Exactly. And and it is a very mystical book, um, so you have to be prepared for that as well. The very end of it is is very um, uh, thorough, and um, she had a lot to share with us, and she was very discerning. So anyway, we we put those three, um, but she wrote many other things, but those three in particular are an absolute must, right? Yeah, I think those are core her core books that uh, anyone serious in the in Carmelite should read. Right. And now we're going to jump to St. John the Cross, and he is also a doctor of the church and a discalced Carmelite. And we have and a, a co-founder. And a co-founder with St. Teresa. So tell us about his works. Well, the four uh, major works, again, are The Spiritual Canticle, The Ascent of Mount Carmel, Dark Night of the Soul, and Living Flame of Love. Uh, those are, again, there are some more of his writings, but those are, I think, his his main writings. The, the ones that are most known, and they also come in a collected work, so you can get all four in one volume. Yeah, he, he, all of his are just in one volume. So, But there are tons and tons of people who have taken like um, just the dark night of the soul or the living flame of love and then written entire books on just that one book, a, a exactly. commentary. So, um, so those are really wonderful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the spiritual canticle is about? The spiritual canticle, um, let me see. It's more that journey, journey, right? Right. And uh, as opposed to well, they're all really about the journey, aren't right. they? Right. I think the the spiritual canticle is more of that bridal imagery and the soul falling in love. And then you've got the ascent of Mount Carmel is that, you know, well, as with most men, right, that very goal-oriented straight up, <laughs> straight up the mountain. <laughs> and um, the dark night of the soul um, is about that purification time right um, the two phases the night of the sins and the night of the spirit right right and and that one <clears throat> excuse me uh he, again in the dark night of the soul he's it is part of your spiritual growth it isn't just someone having difficult times or going through a lot of bad things it's more the purgation of uh that one encounters along the road to perfection. Oh yes, this this is a man so full of of Christ's love, and, and the more I study John, the more I I am just so excited about him. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage everybody not to be put off by him, but to you know the more you learn him. In fact, we were told recently um, that to read a biography of Saint John the Cross first. Uh, is beneficial before you get into studying um, his works. Yeah, I, th- I guess that would be one thing to bring up. Uh, if you're just starting out, it would probably behoove you to first start out with Teresa before going on to John because he's uh, he's pretty deep, and so you want to have at least a little bit of grounding before you. Yeah, he's deep, but he's also very scriptural, and um, his commentary on scripture is fantastic. So mm-hmm. if, if you love scripture, this is a great one for that. And you know that living flame of love is is his view of, of heaven on mm-hmm. earth. It's that seventh mansion right. <laughs> experience, and it is so beautiful and so profound, and it's so good for us to know 
know what the goal is, um, what the end that we're so desiring, this union with God. The uniqueness of John, I guess, is that all he writes a lot of poetry. A lot of this is poetry and then his commentary on his poetry. So it's not just an intellectual or a storytelling. It's uh, it's something a little bit different. Yes, he's, in fact, he's one of the most widely known Spanish poets. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I have to put in a, a plug for this new book that came out just recently at ICS Publications. It's called The Ascent of Mount Carmel Reflections, and it's by Father Mark Foley, who is a Discalced Carmelite friar. And I have to say, it's, I'm sure it is very good. I've taken some peeks at it, and um, I have to put in a little uh, advertisement that it's 30% off right now if you order it through September. So you can go to ICS Publications site and check that out if you already are acquainted with John and want to know more. Okay, so now we are going to go to another doctor of the church. So we had Teresa Vavala, St. John of the Cross, and now St. Therese of Lisieux, really, St. Therese of the Little Flower, or St. Therese with the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. <laughs> Most of us th- remind, remember her as the Little Flower. Right. So tell us, what does she, what does she have for us? Well, her two uh, publications, again, uh, available through ICS, uh, are Story of a Soul and Last Conversations. And uh, Story of a Soul is basically her story as to... Well, she barely made it out of childhood, so I don't know that's but starting when she was very young to uh, fifteen to twenty four. <laughs> well, well, the story is from her from her early days on, but um, when she was in the convent, she entered at fifteen and died at twenty four. Yep. And what a famous saint! So I remember in the introduction to that, um, it was described as she was writing about the mercies of God, mm-hmm. and so it's beautiful and. So uh, it's divided. There's three sections, different manuscripts that she was um, ordered to write. So this wasn't she writing it of her own accord, but she was told to write these things. And they were very good uh, to help us know how she developed and how um, she came upon her vocation, which was love in the heart of the church, and how um, she developed the little way mm-hmm. of spiritual childhood and how that is so applicable to each and every one of us. It, it basically gave everybody the opportunity to become a saint. Because, you know, in that day and age, yeah. people were thinking you had to do great things, uh, you had to be a priest or a nun to become a saint. And, and now, all of a sudden, she she makes it very clear that all of us are called to sainthood, and all of us have the opportunity and ability, uh, provided we respond favorably to God. I think it's in, I'm, I'm almost positive it's in the story of a soul, which is one of my most favorite uh, visions of God. And when she describes God as a a parent at the top of a stairs with the little child trying to climb those stairs and maybe they don't make it and they fall down, but that they're constantly encouraging and loving them to uh, make the effort and to climb those stairs. And from that same story comes the analogy of the elevator of Jesus 
arms being the mm-hmm. elevator lift, lifting us up uh-huh. <laughs> to the Father, to the loving, compassionate Father. Um, so that's the story of a soul, and it is, you know, known all throughout the world. In fact, uh, statues of St. Therese, the little flower, are all over the world, and of course she is very much known by the rose motif. But don't let that think uh, make you think that this is just sentimental stuff, because she's really deep. Yes, she uh, is. But most people, some people can miss it the first time through so you know read it a couple times at different stages of your life and you will begin to see what a genius <laughs> she was and then her last conversations is exactly that uh, the last couple of months of her life and isn't it interesting that we have these words from her this giant of a saint and her last words over these couple months while she's in the most terrible trial of faith and here we are in the year of faith so if you're having a challenging time in your faith, the last conversations would be very helpful. It, it shows how Therese was dealing with this. Um, and so she couldn't feel it. She was very dry, mm-hmm. very tempted. And I think she was um, a very great saint and intercessor for atheists or, or for unbelievers. And... Um, so I want to encourage everybody to uh, check out her last conversations. All right. Well, that leads us to our next one. You see, we are going rather fast, <laughs> but we have so many. <laughs> I want to say, Francis, that's probably you know what I would consider the essentials. Yeah, the absolute the essentials. essentials. You've got to have the three doctors and, of the church. Uh, these other all the, what we're going to go on from now are are. Uh, what the frosting on the cake, if you will, you know they're they're all very good, but uh, they don't they don't take a they they don't uh, they don't have the primacy of place <laughs> primacy of place. Thank you. <laughs> yes, in fact, you know, in our formation program for our um, secular order of discalced Carmelites, uh, those. Uh, Books that we just mentioned, uh, those, what, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine books, those are on our formation outline. Um, and so, but it's not in the, in, at the beginning, at the aspirancy. Uh, it's in the real, right. real time of formation, uh, where you're really, really mm-hmm. getting into the, the depths of the writing. So, but those are all critical. And, you know, in our Carmelite, um, meetings, uh, we get to have formation and we, read these and we talk about them and then we apply them to our lives so it's so good so helpful yeah. all right so now we're going to go to brother lawrence of the resurrection what can mm-hmm. you tell us about him well he wrote a, a very little book called uh, the practice of the presence of god now the uh, ics edition of that you can find lots of different editions on that uh we just prefer this one we prefer this one (laughs) because it's the critical edition by conrad de meester and it has a lot more than just uh his his practice of the presence of god what he wrote uh on that it has a lot of his letters and whatnot but what i really liked is his uh here i'm sitting there for the spiritual maxims that he wrote it's really only about 10 pages it looks like so there's a lot of other good information in this uh in this volume but his 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 writings are very short and i think very simple and to the point and where he's going with that is just praying without ceasing throughout the day no matter what 
And once you understand what this practicing of the presence of God from moment to moment, once you have that down, your whole spiritual life takes on a new ardor, a new um, light, because you're you're um, you're you're living with God moment to moment, and you're becoming more conscientious. And, and you know, it amazes me that He's not ever been declared a blessed or a saint. Yeah, um, I don't. I can't explain so why He is. And uh, you know, talking about faith. Brother Lawrence was one who, at least for a while, was not even sure of his own salvation. He thought he was so wretched in some of the things that he did because he was a soldier. Uh, But yet he was determined to still, in faith, to live with the presence of God uh, constantly in prayer. And I think I remember the turning point was when he was in that hospital looking out the window and he saw a tree that was all dead because it was winter, so it was bare. And yet he knew that in the spring it would grow leaves, and so new life would come. And so this got him thinking about his new life, too, his new life in Christ. Um, in fact, you know, both of Teresa Vavala, John the Cross, Therese, and Brother Lawrence, we have archives on those programs um, on Radio Maria. If you want to go to um, your computer and go to radiomaria.us, and go to um, programs and you click on Carmelite Conversations, you'll find all the archives. And we have had programs on each one of those books already. And and also the, this next section, where we've done a lot of programs on Blessed Elizabeth of the Trinity. Now, I have to say I... I I felt very obligated to bring Blessed Elizabeth the Trinity because it happens to be Mark Danis's most favorite <laughs> um, blessed, which we know and, and expect fully to be a saint before long. And we have talked about Elizabeth the Trinity many times and her uh, complete works. There's a volume one. And uh, coming up soon is a volume two, so you want to be looking for that, and also her letters. But in her volume one is Heaven and Faith, which, of course, would be very good to read in this year of faith. Heaven and faith, the greatness of our vocation, last retreat, and let yourself be loved. Um, Now, what's interesting about Elizabeth of the Trinity is that once you've started doing the practice of the presence of God, then you get into Elizabeth of the Trinity, and you focus with her on the divine indwelling of the trinity so just taking the trinitarian presence with you everywhere you are and looking through the eyes of the trinity and so i think that this is um uh, a a nice follow-up to practicing the presence now there's a couple other books uh that i have to mention but i have to warn you as excellent as they are they're out of print and rare (laughs) But but if you can find them or get a copy of them, it'd be well worth it. Uh, maybe uh, a library, um, a very fancy library <laughs> near you might have it. But it's the um, Doctrine of the Divine Indwelling, a commentary on the prayer of Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity by M.M. Amabel de Coer de Jesus, um, a Carmelite friar. And it is on Elizabeth's prayer, their famous prayer, O God, my Trinity, oh my God, Trinity, whom I adore. So that is an excellent commentary. And he also wrote another one called A Soul of Silence, Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity. And you know, you hear Mark Danis talk a lot about silence, solitude. Okay, well, Elizabeth of the Trinity is the one to go to for that. 
And there's also a great book called The Spiritual Doctrine of Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity by M.M. Philippon. And um, he... That book we also did in a previous program, so I, I just want to kind of remind our listening audience that in the archives on 30 April 2012, we did favorite books for Carmelite conversations, and Mark and I tried to pick out books that you may not have heard of. So uh, all they were favorite of ours, they might not have been the most favorite, but ones that we, we wanted to introduce you to. So you want to go back to that program. So some of those that are on that program we won't be talking about tonight. Now, we still have lots of books to go for, but it is time for our break. So we're going to take a a five-minute break, and then we're going to come back and give you some more great titles. So please join us in just a few minutes. Thank you.
to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you're currently listening to is a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations. Welcome back. We're glad to have you with us. And we're going to continue with our essential books for your uh, Discalced Carmelite Seculars Library. Now, we're, we're adding a couple extra here. Mark and I have done programs on St. Teresa Margaret Reddy of the Sacred Heart. Um, so I just wanted to bring her name up. Uh, the book God is Love, St. Teresa Margaret, Her Life by Margaret Rowe. And also a book called From the Sacred Heart to the Trinity, The Spiritual Itinerary of St. Teresa Margaret Reddy of the Sacred Heart by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. Both of those were wonderful because they help us get into the mind and heart of Jesus. And St. Teresa Margaret Reddy really uh, shows a lot of her thinking and her prayers and her exercises and her holy challenges. So she's um, really wonderful to have um, to uh, encourage you in your devotion and your love for the Sacred Heart, and also to get into the mind of Christ. That was really quite a, a, an incredible thing, and I'm, I'm sure there's more writing going to be on that. And then there is St. Teresa of the Andes, which we've done a program on her in the past, uh, a book called God, the Joy of My Life, a biography of St. Teresa of Jesus of the Andes by Michael D. Griffin, um, with the Saint's Diary. Oh, so if you ever wanted to see what the diary of a saint is like, here we go. <laughs> you know, St. Teresa of the Andes um, is a wonderful young um, person. And she was very athletic. She was musical. And she is a great patron saint of children, especially those who are homeless or in prisons, and because she had a love for those people. And she's fairly uh, modern saint isn't she when did she die yes i believe she was born july the 13th oh her feast day's coming up (laughs) july the 13th was when she was born 1900 and she died april 12th 1920 i think she's one of our youngest carmelite saints might be the youngest Mm -hmm. anyway uh her feast day i think what this this uh, this week, right? July the 13th, Saturday, I believe. So uh, remember her and ask her for, for prayers on that day. And then we go to St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Can Mark, could you please tell us who that is? Well, that's uh, she's better, probably better known as Edith Stein. Uh, she was a... Uh, she was born uh, to a Jewish family and converted to Catholicism uh, just before World War II. And uh, she was in Germany uh, when the they were coming to. I think she was from. I think she was in the Frankfurt Carmel there, and then uh, they got her out of Germany into the, uh, Holland. Yeah, Holland, and uh, but that didn't help her. She got. Uh, she got picked up and sent to Auschwitz, uh, which is where she was martyred there. Um, so she was a very, very scholastic, very intellectual. Bright, uh, really bright. She, uh, yes, she was getting her, she got her Ph.D. Uh, from, I think you pronounce it Herschel, uh, the philosopher Herschel, uh, in the area of phenomenology, um, which... I don't know that I can explain that well. That's another program in itself. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go on. But uh, some of her her big writings were the Science of the Cross, which is basically a commentary on St. John of the Cross. 
and a lot about his images right. and the imagery in St. John of the Cross. Um, and, of course, uh, what the night was, what the night meant, and what the cross meant in his life. So I, if you were to read Science of the Cross, you would probably want to read John of the Cross first. I think it would help you a lot if you yeah. take it in that route. But it is, it is very good. And she was writing it for, I think, uh, a celebration coming up, well, I don't know, 200, 300 years of, um, I can't remember what the exact thing, but was in celebration of an upcoming anniversary of John of the Cross, and this is what she was asked to write. Then a couple of her other famous uh, writings are The Hidden Life, Essays, Meditations, and Spiritual Texts, and then Finite and Eternal Being. Now, when you're reading her, you do have to remember that this was a philosopher who was writing. So, whereas Brother Lawrence was writing at a very simple uh, level, St. Teresa's writing at a very high level very uh she's very much an intellect and so that's how her writings are so right uh, and and there's a lot of things that she wrote so the ics has like nine books um, right. that she wrote so um we are so blessed to have that but we're still unpacking all of it so um we haven't done any programs on her so that's something in the future that we'll be looking at doing all right now we're going to go to elijah now why is elijah important for carmelites well elijah is our spiritual father uh the monks back in the 1200s in the holy land uh after some crusades they lived on mount carmel where saint elijah uh, what battled with some of the prophets of Baal, and so they they settled there to be just like their patron, if you will, uh, Saint Elijah. Right. So, and the Carmelites live their life according to the spirit of Elijah, and so you know he's important for our order. Um, and in fact, there's a couple of books that we have that are are important here. What one would you recommend? Well, interestingly, while I think about it, I just want to say that, as a matter of fact, uh, to the Carmelites. He's Saint Elijah, yes. and we have a feast day for him. <laughs> yes, we do, isn't it? What July twentieth coming up so. this month? July is a big month for Carmel. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, one of the books that I've not read entirely through, through Francis, I don't know if you have, but it's called Elijah, Prophet of Carmel by Jane Ackerman, and uh, I've gone through it. I, I've kind of skimmed. I've read about the first forty pages or so, and then looked through it, and it's very good. It talks. Uh, just let me go through the table of contents, talking starting with Elijah in the Book of Kings, and then she goes and explores Elijah as in later legends, uh, not only uh, Christian but also Jewish and uh, Islamic legends of him, and then talking about Elijah in the spiritual life and how he shows up in early Carmelite documents and is important in the Carmelite renewal. And I think another one to go along with that, because that's a very intellectual, scholastic, it's not hard reading, but it it covers things from a very scholastic point. Um, Another one would be Elijah and the Ravens of Kareth by Michael Dodd. And... um, he is a uh, Carmelite friar, I believe, and his is mainly like taking the story of Elijah and unpacking it. Like his chapters are Elijah at Kareth, 
the next one is neither dew nor rain, the experience of dryness. The mm. next chapter is go away from here, detachment. Doesn't this sound very, <laughs> very important to very Carmelites? Important, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Wadi Kareth, um, charity and grace. Stream, Holy Spirit and the power of love. Ravens, unexpected messengers of God. And it goes on. So, you know, I would recommend both of those together to get a nice picture. In fact, well, maybe we could do a program on that down the road. Maybe, but I'll have to borrow this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're going to go to another category, books to pray with. And in the past, we did Divine Intimacy by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. Wonderful. Goes through the whole year. Uh, one, two, three pages with lots of quotes from our Carmelites. Uh, very many topics. Uh, but we've talked about that in the past. So we're going to go on to a uh, next one that is called Drink of the Stream. Prayers of Carmelites, and it was compiled by Penny Hickey, who is a Third Order member, a Secular Order Discalced Carmelite. And basically what Penny does is she takes each one of our Carmelite saints and blesseds, or many of them, and brings in quotes from them um, and that were prayers. And so she ha- has many, many. And so this is a good book to get a little bit of a, a history at the very, very beginning of the saint and then to go into their actual words, things that they have written or they've been quoted as uh, saying. And, and so to just open it up to any page and pray from, from that would be very helpful. And then I have to go on. Uh, she also wrote Bread of Heaven, a treasury of Carmelite prayers and devotions on the Eucharist. And that's Penny Hickey also. And we covered her on the April 30th, 2012 program. So I'm not going to go into that one. But another one that you may not have heard of and, and may not see in the United States is from Australia. And it is excellent. It's called Carmelite Devotions and Prayers for the Special Feast of Liturgical Year. And it is by a Carmelite tertiary and it is wonderful because it talks about devotions in Carmel, prayers for the special feast of the year. In fact, on July the 13th is the translation of St. Teresa of Avila's remains, and there's a special prayer for that day. Um, that's where they where they moved her uh, remains from Avila to Alba, I believe. And then it's got a section um, on mental prayer. Uh, but anyway, that is a wonderful book. Um, and so now we want to also throw in maybe uh, Pope Benedict XVI's book, The School of Prayer. Um, I think that's going to be a classic for all Catholics everywhere, The School <laughs> of Prayer. And, you know, that's a kind of the nickname of Carmelites, The School of Prayer, and often how he referred to Teresa and John as being the teachers in The School of Prayer. So that was from his Wednesday audiences. So um, Pope Benedict XVI, The School of Prayer. Now we want to go to books about prayer, and even though we covered it on April 30th in 2012, I have to say a reminder, Learning to Pray, According to Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity by Jean or Jean LaFrance, and that's about Blessed Elizabeth's method of prayer. Anything by Jean LaFrance, that's J-E-A-N, so pardon my French. But anyway, his any of his books are great. It's sort of like Jacques Philippe, any of his books are great. Um, so anything by Jean LaFrance is wonderful, but this one in particular is about Blessed Elizabeth's method of prayer. Now, the next one that I wanted to talk about is Lexio Divina and the Practice of Teresian Prayer by Sam Anthony Morello, a Carmelite friar. Tell us what is Lexio Divina, Mark. 
Lexiodivina, uh, it's an ancient method that is really about praying uh, a scripture. It's you take a, uh, well, scripture or some kind of holy writing and you read it and you meditate on that, on that short, uh, short reading, mm-hmm. short excerpt. And then you read it again. And from that, you first time you just kind of read it and sit with it. Second time you read it and you say, "Okay, well, how do, how is this really speaking to me? What, what you know? Pick something out there that speaks." To yeah, me. there might be a couple words that you know right, you really focus on. Not yeah, right. You you don't want to take a big chunk, but just a, a word or two, and then uh, you read it a third time, and you really look. Okay, how is this affecting my life? How can the, this uh, I take this into my life, and then you read it a fourth time, and you just kind of sit with that, not really thinking, but just just sitting with it. Yeah, and that can bring you into a prayer and a call to action, how to change your life. So this takes that f- uh, ancient formula of lexio divina and applies the Theresian principles to it. And it's a very small book, but it's it's very good. It's, it is very good. I'm just looking through your copy here, and it's only about 25 pages. And uh, while lexio divina is not in and of itself caramel, Teresa very much embraced it and this you when you look at it sometimes that you know you read through things three times sometimes you read four it's you see a little bit of variation and this just says how uh, our mother saint Teresa yeah it. and and basically how she gets you to practice the presence of jesus and mm-hmm. and be focusing on him so it, it is really a, an aid to help you to get in that conversation with him whom we know loves us mm-hmm. which is that definition of prayer that holy mother Teresa gives us and then you know that would be more of like a discursive um, mental prayer that may lead into a contemplative prayer as you mm-hmm. get into the silence or to the pondering part and so that leads into this next book which I liked very much I'm very grateful to James W. Kinn, K-I-N-N, for this book, The Practice of Contemplation According to John of the Cross. And it, it's not a real big book, and it's pretty simple, um, but he really breaks it down and helps you to understand what this is. He's talking about understanding John of the Cross, the experience of prayer, the simple prayer, um, Jesus, our model, the secret of contemplation, images for beginning of contemplation, practical advice for beginning contemplation the content of contemplation there's a lot of questions answered in this book so i highly recommend the practice of contemplation according to john of the cross by james kin and then another little book it's it's not as easy to find but it's called a guide to the stages of prayer according to saint Teresa of jesus and saint john the cross a shortened uh title is the stages of prayer and it's by a carmelite nun but it's uh, available in India. But I can give you a website where you can get this. But this is great because it takes all the stages of prayer and lists um, things that you will expect to find there, graces, uh, what's happening with the memory, the intellect, the will, um, what these terms mean, sleep of the power, simple union, full union, ecstasy. Um, very, very good. It was written by a Carmelite nun. So we don't know which Carmelite nun wrote it, but we're very grateful that she did. But you can go to www.dhyana.com. V-A-N-A, publications.org. 
So that is an Indian name. Um, and Bangalore, India, is where it's from. And I, I know that I ran across a couple, copy in the United States, um, but I know that the newest publication is there. And so I highly recommend going there. And when you go there, you'll also find some books by Rudolph V. D'Souza. D apostrophe capital S O U Z A. Another discast Carmelite friar. He's wonderful. He wrote lots of books, and the one I'm holding in my hand is called "When I Cannot Pray." How many times have we heard Carmelites say that? <laughs> and you know, he's he's like um, treating this. He's like, "What is prayer? Stages and types of prayer. Why is our prayer often abstract?" Uh, and then talks about the soul, the sensory part, the spiritual part, the spiritual faculties, and breaks it down. And he's easy to read. He has some diagrams. He he writes a lot. He's very popular in India. I think he made a tour through the United States and was um, really loved. And so I'd invite you to go check out uh, that Dar Havana. I don't know how you pronounce <laughs> that, but I spelt it for you so you can go back and listen to the archives to get that. Uh, but I invite you to go um, find his books because they're really um, worth uh, reading. Okay, so now I want to get to um, oh another one that Mark Danis and I just recently did a program on Upon This Mountain, Prayer in the Carmelite Tradition by Mary McCormick. So uh, you, we did a couple programs on that one, so you, uh, we got to make sure that's in the library. And um, then in the past, we did the Little Catechism of the Life of Prayer by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. That was on our April 30th, 2012 program, as well as Awakening to Prayer. And that was by Augustine Ikiro Okumura. And so those are very good. Now, Mark, I want to ask you about this next one, because we're talking about retreat and silence. Could you introduce us to this next book? Well, the next book we're talking about is uh, Listen to the Silence, a retreat with uh, Père Jacques. And uh, this was a retreat. uh, Père Jacques was a Carmelite friar, and he gave a retreat to uh, Carmelite nuns in 1943. And I think this was in, I'm not sure if this was in Paris or... uh, in, is somewhere in France, and it was a very nice. He, this is his his what he gave for his fourteen conferences to the uh, to the nuns. So it is just his words that he uh, he said. It. Each conference is about ten minutes worth of long. So I like it because it's very you can very bite-sized pieces you can take that and have your own little retreat with that and to um, think that this is a retreat he gave to them and that we can partake of too that's right. awesome and uh another thing was that uh he gave this in 1943 and i'm trying to find exactly what it said here september 43 he uh yeah. I'm sorry, is in 44. He w- presented the conference, and two weeks later, uh, he was he was helping hide some Jewish students. He was taken to uh, to the concentration camps. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Auschwitz or not, and uh, he was he was d- killed there. Okay, well, that and I just I apparently I want to see it. I don't know if you've uh, the movie Au Revoir, Les infants i think is what it is is that his story on that oh so. yes and you know he is becoming more and more known Pere Jacques, 
And um, I think there's some other books out there about Perry Jacques, so we want to remember that name. And that book is available at ICS Publications as well, right? Yep. All right, and then uh, there's another book called Sounding Solitude. You know, silence and solitude are so good with Carmel, right? How did you get all these books in here is what I'm wondering, Frank. I don't know. <laughs> good thing we got uh, bags on wheels. <laughs> this book, uh, Sounding Solitude, is by Sister Mary Paul Coutry, C-U-T-R-I. She's a Carmelite nun. And this is an approach to transformation in Christ by love. And um, this one is a, is about the solitude idols and demons, the intimacy of solitude, prayer and solitude, the savings and sufferings in solitude, the cross of solitude. And so I highly recommend uh, going to that one. And now um, we have a, a book on the brown scapular. We mm-hmm. must mention that. <laughs> right. This is uh, the scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, uh, Catechesis and Ritual, prepared under the direction of North Carolina or North North American provincials of the Carmelite orders, um, and it's very good. It talks. It has most of it is the ritual for uh, blessing and enrollment in the Brown Scapular, but it also has a very good doctrinal statement of the, what the Brown Scapular is and what it isn't. So I highly recommend that with anyone, actually anyone who has Brown Scapular. Yes, that one is a must. And now we're going to go on to, um, on Carmelite spirituality. There's a two volume, um, book that's also in one. It's, I want to see God. I am a daughter of the church. So two titles in one book, or else you could get them both separately. Um, this is a practical synthesis of Carmelite spirituality by P. Marie Eugene. And, um, oh my goodness, everything. It covers everything. So it's really big. It's really thick. And it comes from talks that he did to introduce people to Carmelite spirituality, and then they'd ask questions. So you do another talk, and then they have more questions. But anyway, so this is a wonderful um, two-volume set, and I highly recommend that one, as well as a, a much smaller one by Paul Marie of the Cross called Carmelite Spirituality and the Theresian Tradition. And it is um, easy to read, Um and it basically talks about the sources of Carmel, the characteristics of Carmel, the rule and its spirit, and then goes into some of the um, masters and models and about Carmelite prayer and contemplation. And before we close, we've got to do we've got to do this one. Welcome to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites by uh, Aloysius, Father Aloysius Dini. And we use that, and we also use the book you just talked about, the Carmelite spirituality in our aspirancy. Uh, class. It's a very good introduction to Carmel and Carmel's Carmelite spirituality. And, you know, there's so many more books that we could go into. Um, uh, so I'm going to just close with this one because um, m- a lot of people don't know about this. This was, um, it's called Climbing the Mountain, the Carmelite Journey, and it's edited by Johann Bergstrom Allen, who is a third order Carmelite. Um, of the Ocarm and the Ancient Observance. And it is a really thick book, but it covers so many 
categories, and it's color-coded. It's got beautiful pictures in it. I think he did a marvelous job of talking about so many things that are important to Carmel. So, again, Climbing the Mountain, the Carmelite Journey by Johann Bergstrom Allen. Oh, my gosh, we have more books that we could go through, so I suppose we're going to have to have another program down the road about these books. But we hope that you've enjoyed these essentials and that um, many of them you'll be able to find at the icspublications.org. But there's, of course, many other sources out there. So we hope you have liked this list. And you can email us or uh, make a comment on uh, Facebook at Carmelite Conversations and give us uh, some suggestions for some other books down the road but um i mean my library I, i've got a huge library so we can keep going on this for a long time <laughs> so but anyway mark i am so glad this is mark olson he is, happens to be the director of formation for our dayton ocds i'm so grateful that you joined me tonight well, thank you for inviting me francis we really appreciate your perspective on these program on these books and we hope you'll come back and do some more programs with us i'm sure i will and we do want to uh, close as we do every week um, with a closing prayer. Okay. Uh, this closing prayer is from the latest encyclical Lumen Fidei by Pope Francis. Name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us turn in prayer to Mary, Mother of the Church and Mother of our faith. Mother, help our faith. Open our ears to hear God's word and to recognize his voice and call. Awaken in us a desire to follow in his footsteps, to go forth from our own land and to receive his promise. Help us to be touched by his love, that we may touch him in faith. Help us to entrust ourselves fully to him and to believe in his love, especially in times of trial, beneath the shadow of the cross when our faith is called to mature. So in our faith, the joy of the risen one. Remind us that those who believe are never alone. Teach us to see all things with the eyes of Jesus, that he may be the light for our path. And may this light of faith always increase in us until the dawn of that undying day, which is Christ himself, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, Mark, and thank you listeners for joining us. We hope you'll tune in same time, same place next week. God bless. to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations, 